Decide what you want to do with the next month of our radio station. Okay, uh, I will put that on my to-do People list. have spoken. Yeah. No radio. No radio? Not interested. Okay. We went through the survey results that we had concerning our effort to create an internet radio station. Yes. And the results came back uh, by demographic. <laughs> I think they were by demographic. Okay. I think I had a section that was like, you don't have to answer this, but right. it's really the most important section because we, we need to know who you are. Yeah. And it was like... Over 30 white people love retro music and don't listen to internet radio. They've heard of it. Right. <laughs> have not listened to it. Right. No future plans to listen to it. And yes. So I think that, at least for now, puts the kibosh on the plans for Just Enough Trope Radio. Yeah. Um, if, if As you've said, the people have spoken. Or, so, or haven't spoken or haven't listened. Well, there's that, too. There's people who have answered the survey, and then there's people who just aren't interested and don't even take the survey. So, But like the rec center that has to be perpetually saved by break dancers or musical nuns or sure. battle toads or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we've got one month left. Yes. Mostly because I made the decision to cancel and then was like, when does that bill again? Uh, the answer is it has billed. Like right now. In the past week. Yeah, So right. we've got another month to run. So I thought, <laughs> um, let's just throw caution to the wind and go crazy and uh, really try to turn this upside down. Okay. That's well, what you have to do with it. radio, right? Yeah. Nobody ever started a radio station and went, I can't wait to just have smooth and smarmy tones and play <laughs> lots and Cliff Glenn Campbell. Like no. everybody's always like, what's up? We're going to rock the tonight. Yeah. Ow! Right. Microwave silverware. I'm Christian Slater. That's a weird movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a while. No, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. So, no. you know. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, we're going to make the most of it. And uh, we're going to. What are we going to do? I, I don't know. All right, yeah, well, then don't we speak can... for me. Okay, fine. <laughs> the boat that rocked. Yeah. Um, sit down, sit down, sit down. You're rocking the boat. People. No. I apologize. <laughs> she doesn't. It's okay. This is why. <laughs> She's one of the people that took the survey. She is the er person that all took right. the survey. You all, you are all her in some way, and you should all be ashamed. Hey. Moving on for what's happening on the network, I'm really excited to talk to Catherine Valente yes. uh, in just a day or two uh, for the Enterprising Individuals program, a yes. podcast on this network where we talk about Star Trek. I almost said Star Wars. Good thing you Probably talked yourself. about Star Wars a little bit because one of her most recent books is called Space Opera. It's not specifically about a Star Wars type space opera. Sure. It's more of a play on words, but I think she was, like a lot of people, um, our generation, don't say age, you say generation. Yes. Uh, right. Influenced heavily by Star Trek and Star Wars. Yes. Um, I've, I've read a couple of her books, uh, her Fairyland series. I've read the first three. Um, very good, I I think, and uh, compelling. Uh, and she she writes a lot of really interesting characters, I think. Uh, you're going to have to help me out with that. Um, sure. This got set up really fast, so I did not have time to read some of her books. Uh, but I'm familiarizing myself with them, and I've been looking at her career. And first up, um, she, of course, is a Hugo Award-winning podcaster with Squeakast. She is the last go. regular Squeakast member that we have not gotten yet. That's on so a funny. Jet Network uh, show. So that's got them all. That, bingo. I think that's right. Yeah, we got a bingo. Got them now. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, looking forward to talking to her about her career, which is varied. She's so young, and she you look at her 
bibliography and other yes. sort of accomplishments. I know. And it goes She's on and on and on. I don't know how she has time to eat, much less talk to us. Mm-hmm. So we're very grateful uh, to get a chance to talk to her. And you can hear that in the future. Um, yes. Pretty soon. Uh, not exactly sure when, but in the future on Enterprising Individuals. I mm-hmm. want to point your attention to a couple other shows yeah. on our network. Um, you're, you're, abandon all hope and sense of taste. Ye who enter here, <laughs> but the newest show on our network, Virtual Theater, has reviewed House of the Dead for their okay. video game movie podcast. All right. Available at, at Virtual Theater X on Twitter. House of the Dead? Is this another one that you don't know? You don't no, know I don't one? know how. House of the Dead was a video dead. game by, I don't know, Namco. It was a really fun shooter game. Okay. I think it probably popularized the um, light gun slash foot pedal shooter oh okay the thing where you step on the pedal and then you either reload or you hide or something or maybe that's time crisis i'm already i already don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) i apologize for myself uh no it's it's a light gun shooter uh zombies right sure and so this is like the early mid 90s um video game so hot right now how do we make a video game movie they still haven't necessarily cracked that theory but they're always in the lab over at virtual theater x and they came up with uve boll german filmmaker yeah. Uh, you can find out more about his life uh, on that virtual theater episode. Long story short, not really a filmmaker. Did something totally different. There is this tax scheme in Germany where they're trying to uh, increase German film production. Okay. And so all the money that you contribute to a film production is like totally um, uh, write-offable, deductible oh, all right. from your taxes. Okay. And so he ke- continues to get, you know, 15 to 20 million Deutschmarks, you know, to make these horrible films. Wow. And so throughout the 90s, he became, and early 2000s, he became known as the bad video game movie guy. <laughs> Not exactly a title you and want. And one of his first, well, he's embraced it in a lot of ways. Uh, and one of the first movies that he made was House of the Dead. Okay. Which I actually have still not seen. All right. I'm going to do my best to not ever see it. But I've been yeah. listening to their episode, but I'm not all the way through. And if I hit a point where I go, well, I got to see this. <laughs> then you'll stop it. But mostly you could probably uh, get by on YouTube, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Just clips from YouTube. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. All it's right. funny because it was very early on. I think it was 2002, I think it came out. I think I said 95 before. I don't know why I said that. Okay. That was the video game. It's all good. Um, it was just after The Matrix, and somebody got his hands on a gap camera, and so there's a bunch of scenes that don't have anything to do really with anything. Okay. And they're doing the, you know, the circle around khaki commercial thing. That's weird. That's a, an odd choice for a just, video game. You know, terrible movie? dialogue, unlikable oh, characters, sure. just the whole the whole way. So Awesome. <laughs> But I bet it makes for entertaining pod. Well, it also makes for looking at his career and like the per capita amount of video game movies in the world. He's probably the director of half of them. Wow. So you can have a patron. Give it patron devil. He's the patron devil of that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead of a patron saint. No, I get it. Um, And uh, uh, again, not really a title that uh, I would be after, but uh, good for him, I guess. I think he's retired. Okay. But maybe that's a good thing. You know, there's no second act in American lives, but he's German, so <laughs> see you soon, buddy. <laughs> and I also wanted to also also point out that Crafted Services uh, yes. long promised return is almost nigh. Uh has also again been set back by a few 
interviews and appointments and things that we had to set up last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm almost done uh, editing the new show, and we have um, about half a dozen future shows already booked. Yep. So expect to see the return of Craft of Services, Roaring Back, our bad movie podcast, right. where you hit the desk when you say bad, <laughs> and also looking at the movies that critics rejected but audiences embraced. Exactly. What would you like to see on uh, Craft of Services? Um, well, Speaking um, of video game movies. Yeah. Um, I think that there's going to be a, a Super Mario Brothers uh, episode coming up. Uh, I've actually never seen that movie, well, so I don't know. Maybe I need to see it in preparation. The time. Um, but also, um, I think there are quite a few Jean-Claude Van Damme films that would fit into Craft of Services quite nicely. I think every one of his pre-direct-to-video yes. films could. Yes. Um, somebody loves The Quest. Right. I don't know who. Somebody right. loves The Quest. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Right. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, keep... Keep that, keep that in behind your ear. Okay, I will. And uh, we'll definitely come back to that sometime in the future on this network yes. <laughs> and this show, which we haven't introduced yet, the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Yikon Hana. And we're here to bring you all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment and ready to just about get right into it. Uh, first up, thoughts on Stranger Things. <laughs> Season three. Um, I... Okay, so I guess I feel this way just about every end of a season of Stranger Things, but it's like, I don't know how they could possibly come back for more, um, especially how they ended things. I guess spoilers for Stranger Things? I don't no, know. No, no spoilers. spoilers? No. Um, I just, w- how they ended things, like, it's like, how are they going to have it start again and have all the same characters be present. Stranger just, man's father. Right. Man's. Right. Every one of the kids is like, we have to find Elle. <laughs> Quick. They're so much older than they were when the show started. I'm saving. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's well, crazy. That, they had what that problem think? with It Chapter 2 as well. This, everybody hated this one. And it's just, I think... The general public, the hoi polloi, hates the third thing of anything. Oh, you think so? Whereas I tend to like the third thing of everything more than I've liked previous stuff. Um, I didn't I didn't love season three. Yeah. I don't see what the hate's about because I don't really see the no, difference between this either. one and previous seasons. No. I thought this was the most Stranger Things has ever Stranger Thinged. <laughs> you know, with the yeah. psychics and the monsters and the goofy stuff and the... Will they? Won't they? Tension and yes, and Russians. Like it was, it was just the most. It's like the most Stranger Things it's ever been. I I agree with you. And I would compare it to Spider Man Three, Sam Raimi's Spider Man Three in that oh case, boy. which I liked better than one and two. I know I'm canceled. I'm insane. <laughs> Don't listen to me. But I just thought it was like, yeah, this is kind of what I was looking for. We're talking about the Evil Dead guy, right? Right. This is supposed to be ridiculous. This is what he brings to it. Yes. And so I'm cool with Tobey Maguire shaking his shaking his booty. You know. <laughs> That was a really funny part of the, the third movie, yeah, well, I think. So anyway, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think if this is the end, um, I'm as much as I could be satisfied. I'm satisfied with this end. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the end, though. I think there's going to be another Because streaming another TV season. is here. Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of the stream apocalypse. Yes. Of streaming TV with the advent of many streaming services, major services with a lot of money shows and talent behind them mm-hmm. set to debut this fall. Yes. And to get lot. out ahead of that, I thought that we would take a look at one of, at this point, the old dogs 
in the you know ratty mangy fur. One ear is bitten off <laughs> uh, because it started a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's only a few years old, and already it's uh, you know one of the sage. Uh, examples of how to do streaming on TV. Sure. It's Amazon Prime. Yes. And Amazon Prime's live shows and three live shows that they've debuted fairly recently that we'll be talking about and giving kind of an evaluation as kind of the calm before the storm before all right. our our lives and everybody else's lives is taken up with talking about Apple Plus shows, Disney Plus shows, yeah. uh, MTV Plus shows. <laughs> Just uh, overwhelmed with content. The what's the building? What's the Bob Vila Plus Network? Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know. Everything else. Um, Paint drying plus. Yeah. Um, it just everybody and anybody has has a streaming network these days, yeah. or is going to this and we'll, fall. And we'll be talking about some of those offerings in a little bit. Um, but we wanted to talk about wanted to give the benefit of the doubt to uh, what I think a lot of people consider to be a very strong network and if they're doing strong work on that network. Right, exactly. Um, this is a Miss Maisel situation? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it is, uh, we are definitely looking at, at a number of shows that have come out pretty recently and um, just trying to judge if, if, if Prime is doing a good job, maybe they're doing a better job than Netflix. I don't know, maybe they're not. Yeah. Um, we'll see. They they kind of seem right now. They seem to be like the main two, but I think that with all the options coming out, uh, that could quickly change. Yeah. So, well, uh, that's what we're talking about in our feature today. But first, we'll talk about the news. We got a lot of news to run through today, so we're going to get right down to it. Looks like Paramount wants to do a new version of the action hit Face Off. Oh, I saw from nineteen ninety. Seven. I'm getting worse at this, aren't I? I don't I know. Really good at this. I you you just. I got in an argument. Ooh. With a girl. Uh huh. A barista. Okay. This is in the nineties. <laughs> right. They had baristas back then. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, who may or may not, I don't want to put this on her. I mean, <laughs> but may or may not have been, you know, flirting with me or having a, you know, get to know you sort of leading conversation with me. Okay. About films, and we got to John Woo. And how how long is this like, conversation? She's like, you like John Woo films? I'm like, I love John Woo films. You know, I'm like Broken Arrow, <laughs> <laughs> Wind Talkers. Come on, right? Face Off. Right. She's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Really? I'm talking. She's talking about like the killer. She's talking about, you know, uh, Hard Boiled. Oh, okay. Uh, Better Tomorrow. Okay, sure. And I'm like, yeah, I put that up against Face Off any day. <laughs> She's just like, you want foam on that? And that was it. That was the end of that conversation. Oh, my goodness. But it led me to look at, uh, more, more with more scrutiny, at the Hong Kong work of one Mr. John Woo. I see. And of course she was right. Of course she was right. <laughs> I have to admit, I've never seen Face Off before. Although I, I have seen a lot of John Woo films, I have not seen Face Off. All right. Well, we hired you for your fairy book expertise. So. <laughs> well, I got that at least. We can let that one slide. But yeah, well, they're putting a new hit f- face on it. A <laughs> new face on yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. dumb. All Look, right. that's what Deadline said. I didn't want to use their joke because it was dumb. <laughs> but I ended up doing it anyway. Uh, we don't know anything else about it right now. Um, we just know that that's what they're doing. It's going to be a new cast and we don't know who the cast is going to be. Um, do you it, think they can top the original or do you think it's a silly prospect? In this day and age, aren't we over topping things? I mean, they will definitely Apparently try. Apparently not. To, they'll, they'll try to top it. But I'm yeah. just saying, how are they going to top this? If we're going to remake, um, I don't know, Diabolique or something like that, it's got to, oh, how's it going to be crazier? It's like, well, 
easy. Just more blood, more money, more explosions. More. Yeah. And so this is a movie that, you know, it's an action movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. Okay. What do you All think? Right. Um, I, I don't know. Without having seen the, the first film, I don't know how it, like, fares against other action movies and well, stuff like that. Well, <laughs> the script will be written insofar as you can write this movie okay. by Oren Uziel. Who, no idea who he's that is. the fairy prince of the Unseelie, I think. And <laughs> he wrote, um, just let me get to the end of this uh, 22 Jump Street, uh, The okay. Cloverfield Paradox. All right. I don't want to go on. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm depressed already. Um, you know, he's up and coming. Sure. I don't think he's done anything really all that great no. just yet. But he is uh, writing the Supergirl movie. At least he was as of this time last year. Okay. He was supposed to be writing and developing the Supergirl movie. All right. Uh, which, you know, that might happen. Yeah. Always Things always shaken up. That's true. At Warner Brothers. Yes. I don't know. Here's the problem. Face hmm. Off and just another 30 minutes on John Woo and we move on. <laughs> Face Off was always a weird proposition. It, I believe, was originally conceived as a sci-fi future film. Okay, sure. You're going to take somebody's face off right. and put it on somebody else. Right. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. It doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. And like 24 hours after, they're running around with no scars and everything's fine. <laughs> of course. Of course. But I think they, as they were developing it, <laughs> as they were developing it, John Woo and maybe Cajun Travolta wanted to ground it and make it more relatable by setting it in the present day with a black site prison okay. in an oil, oil derrick. What? Off the coast of Los Angeles with magnet boots. They wanted to ground it. That just seems so ridiculous <laughs> to me. Like, so do you guys realize what you're doing? If you do it, you just open that up, open the throttle up, let it be. In the future. In the future. But okay. then why don't you, man, and it's not, you're genetically rewrite them, but then you don't get the gross thing of like cutting their faces off. Yeah, right. Um, I think they'll probably want to keep Uziel's the gross running factor. the uh, Mortal Kombat movie too. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, maybe they'll be talking about him we should on get off virtual, of virtual theater's ad. territory yeah, exactly. here. exactly. <laughs> i have a double dragon knife fight here <laughs> for territory. So I don't know. Um, keep your eyes out for that. And to that barista... I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> next up, it looks like the CW is developing a Dark Shadows sequel series. Um, I don't know what Dark Shadows is. This is going to be, this is not going to be a great one for you, huh? Oh, uh, no. You're going to be on the back not. foot for a lot of this. I guess I am. Do you know about Johnny Depp? I know Johnny Depp. Okay, all right. I know. Listeners, you know that Dark Shadows was a long-running soap that was gothic horror themed and featured Barnaby Collins, I think it was his name, yeah. Barnabas Collins was the uh, main vampire. Okay. And the trials and travails of him and his clan and just stuff How, going on. When was it on? It was made in two 60s. Okay, maybe I do remember hearing Classic this. Uh, it's series. A, it's a soap opera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. But then the, like, I think I have heard but of it. Ridiculous, but I think played straighter than a Passions, par example. Sure. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. And then adapted, of course, into a terrible, terrible film by oh. Tim Burton, uh, just in his long catalog of terrible, terrible him and Johnny Depp films. Sure. Um, well, okay. that film bombed, but now we want to make it into a series on the CW, developed by Mark Perry, 
who uh, developed the Ghost Whisperer. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, CW needs something now that Supernatural is ending. Um, and it's like their last year. I oh, think. they got Riverdale. They've got Nancy Drew's coming up this year. Yeah, I suppose. But I, I mean, think okay. I think this fits into their their over. Which Nancy Drew's gonna have ghosts too. Of course she is. Which I mean, Nancy Drew does not really need ghosts. Like she just does. She's solving mysteries. You know, like she she doesn't. I don't know anything about Nancy Drew. She... I remember there was like in the seventies. I think there were a couple like. It might have been a show where there's like a Hardy Boys series of TV movies, mm-hmm. but they were in their like early 20s. They couldn't okay. like, I don't know if it was just the direction they decided to do or if there are like Hardy Boys. Old, I was never into the Hardy Boys when I was a kid. Sure. I feel like I should have been. But anyway, there was Nancy Drew on and she was, she was smoked. She was smoked? What do you mean? She was smoked. She was d- delicious for 16 hours. <laughs> Slowly over. Stop. She smoked. She was a smoker. She smoked. She was smoking. Oh, I see. Well, that's kind of a weird choice with Nancy Drew because she's supposed to be kind of like a goody two-shoe and like. Um, but yeah, she was gets on the CW. I, I guess. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be more than smoking. Okay. Right? I don't know. That's um, what happens on these River I guess. I guess. Um, Archie killed a guy. <laughs> oh, my God. It uh, looks like uh, the Suicide Squad uh, cast is coming together, and James Gunn tweeted out a just a poster, basically. Yes. With, in no particular order, a list of names of people that are going to be in the movie. Some we knew, some we didn't. I'll go over the highlights. Uh, John Cena is going to be in the film. Jai Courtney and Joel Kinnaman, of course, are returning. Nathan Fillion is going to be in the film. Sean Gunn will join the film. Um Presumably in a live action role, or what do you think? I well, he it does could both. go either way, honestly. Yeah, Steve Agee, we knew about uh, Taika Watiti had been rumored, and it looks yes. like this is uh, confirming, or at least it is in Gunn's mind. Uh, also, looks like uh, Idris Elba, of course, we knew about Viola Davis returning. Peter Capaldi is going to be in it. Michael Rooker, we knew about. Pete Davison's on this poster, so I think we can mm-hmm. assume that that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, something that we didn't know, but this confirms, uh, Margot Robbie will be returning. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's going to have a big role, though. No, and I think when he tweeted out that poster, he also said something to the effect of, like, don't, like... Don't get, get attached. Yeah, exactly. I thought so, he meant that, like, it's the Suicide Squad, anybody could die at any time. Well, that's why I'm taking it as, but, like, some of these characters could be in the opening scene and then, like, die or something like that. That's kind of what I'm taking oh, it as. But I thought you were saying, like... Don't get attached. We don't have all these people signed just yet. Oh, no. I think they're signed. I just, I think because there's so many of them, there, there are a lot of them are going to die. Uh, you and know, or just Alice be featured Braga in one scene. as the beaver. <laughs> the thing about Margot Robbie is, I think that she's got a lot on her plate with the Birds of Prey situation, which they are still reshooting. Yeah. Um, and not like pickups. Like they're, I keep seeing pictures in the trades or, or sites or whatever of mm-hmm. like, complicated action scenes that they're redoing. So hopefully everything's going good over there. But um, she's got a lot going on. She does. She's got this Barbie movie. Yeah. And I must have, I don't know if I remember that if I knew this or not, but she's working on a Tank Girl film. Oh, I had heard about that, but I didn't hear about that until just recently, I feel like. Like within the last couple of weeks, I think it was announced. Or maybe it was well known and I just didn't hear about it until recently. But um yeah, I I heard about that too. Um what do you what do you think about her redoing Tank? Girl? How do you top the original? That's what I wanna know. Well, I mean the original 
it has its pluses and its minuses, you know, and I, I think it's, it's a, it's a pretty okay film, but I don't think it necessarily is outstanding. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the director that they have attached to the film is Miles Joris Perafit. Uh, it's okay. a director that worked with her on another movie that came out this year that I didn't even hear about. Uh, and I don't know when it came out. I guess it came out, um, or maybe it hasn't come out yet, but anyway, it's uh, called Dreamland and Margot Robbie plays, um, like a bank robber. Oh, okay. Like that. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so funny. <laughs> perfect for Tank Girl. Yeah, right? I don't know, man. Remember the Lori Petty one? Wasn't yeah. it just the, the perfect, it was the film for the moment? How it was else very would 90s. you expect to get Ice T uh, dressed up as a kangaroo doing stuff? Right. Um, is it for now? No offense to Jamie Hewitt. I don't uh, know that it and is, Alan Martin, honestly. But yeah, what do you even do now? I, I mean, that's a really. It's a really good question, and I I think, um, you know, there are some comics that are timeless or that you can, you know, redo and remake and reestablish, and they still, you know, timeless. resonate today. Not an adjective I'd apply generally to Tank Girl. No, I think Tank Girl is firmly rooted in the 90s, so I don't know. Do you... Tell Jim do you, that. Well, do you, right? Do you um, have it set in modern day, or do you make it a, a a a period piece and have it set in the '90s? It's all part of the sort of riot girl with three R's aesthetic, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that is that gone now? It better not be because that's that's Margot Robbie's whole brand, right? Right. When she's not doing costume dramas. She's, yeah. Uh, got damage tattooed on her forehead or whatever. <laughs> right. <So>. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. Maybe this maybe this is like what this is what it is. You always say why remake a classic? Great job with Ben Hur, guys. Um, remake something that either didn't work the first time, and I think it's arguable about whether Tank Girl quote unquote worked or not. Right. Or something that is so of its time that you would have to reimagine it to something else. Right. Um, we open. 1992, the Australian Outback. They just make it a period piece. Yeah, <laughs> they just exactly. Just do it all over again. Exactly. Yeah, don't do that. No. Okay. So then reestablish it and make it your own, I guess, is the way to go for that. That's what I think. Maybe what else <laughs> is happening? Uh, looks like the, well, we talked about this on a previous show, the Muppets series reboot mm-hmm. uh, that was in development at Disney uh, will not now be going forward. Yes. Um, Cooler heads have prevailed. prevailed. Yeah. As we predicted before. Yes. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, this I guess this is like past- Sorry, I mean, this is past, like, they had a pilot order and everything. Like, this, you know, they were ready to go. I mean, it wasn't, like, bought necessarily, but they were fairly sure they wanted to see this. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it because it's, like, I, like, on the one hand, like, I love the Muppets. I love the Muppet show. Uh, but on the other hand, how do you redo it? And is this, like, I I think the Muppets are, are timeless, but, like, you know, how do you, like... Would kids today be into it? Would adults want to watch it with them? You know, absolutely. Well, then why does that was always the the, the Muppets were never for kids. I'm not okay. That's not true. The Muppets were not created for kids. They were created to sell coffee, and then they became something that was on, uh, you know, um, Sullivan or something like that, like Mm -hmm. adult late night, past prime time variety and uh, talk shows, and they were. They had such broad, broad appeal because the adults are like, oh, these socks are funny. You know, a kid doesn't care. Well, I watched the, the Muppets as a kid and I didn't care that 
um, you know, Diane Carroll was running around with Big Bird and singing um, For What It's Worth or whatever. Like, right. I just liked that the Muppets were in it. Um, and now you can watch 30 Rock. <laughs> I mean, The Muppet Show. Uh, <laughs> and you appreciate, like, all the extra jokes that you never really got before. So then why did this fall through? Like, Because they don't same... have a good idea. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about right. streaming services and their lack of good ideas. All right, fair. In just a little bit. Speaking okay. of good ideas... Millie Bobby Brown, star of the aforementioned Stranger Things, yes. is having a drama that she's producing, a drama film based on a story that she wrote with her sister, Paige. Mm-hmm. It'll be called A Time Lost. Isn't it on Netflix? I believe it's on Netflix. Do yeah. you want to do this story? No, I just heard that it was on <laughs> yeah, Netflix. I think you're right. And I think that it's going to be a tearjerker as it well is. as I heard. It is about a feud between two Long Island families... I don't think like that, though. Not like capital F families. <laughs> okay. And uh, one of their teenage daughters is diagnosed with cancer. Who plays the daughter? Probably Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> you know, until she directs, right? Yeah, right. So, okay, great. Um, I hate stories where it's like, oh, and so-and-so has cancer. Like, it's so... I don't know. I mean, I know it happens a lot in real life, too. It's just... I, I Cancer is the worst. It is just the worst. Um, Official position of the Just Enough Trope podcast. <laughs> Cancer is the worst. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Dark Shadows movie. Give me your crown. Okay. All right, it's, well, okay, it's okay to not have an opinion. I have I, no opinion about this. For me, it's just you you were in a TV show that I don't like, but you, you prove that you you know have clearly have talent. Right. You were in a Godzilla movie that kind of tanked. You know, we're all diamonds in the rough until we start bringing something, right? Right. So it's like, is this going to be what you bring? Are you going to become a actress, writer, performer, presumably director? You know, follow the Margot Robbie track. Right. Uh, who is just shooting left and right as far as um, producing and sort of creating a brand and um, a, a dynasty goes. Right. Uh, great, you know. Or are you going to just sell makeup products, <laughs> which is, she also <laughs> does as well. Yeah, I mean, I think she's probably trying to... Do you get time to, to be a kid? I, how, do you think she's been asked right. that, right? You know. Oh, I'm sure she's been asked that She's multiple, on Good Morning America. Times. Well, before we go, Millie, do you get time to be a kid? <laughs> she probably feels like no, but she probably feels like... Do you take like... time to smell the roses? Right. I have no sense of smell. Okay? <laughs> it's from um, Walk Hard. So uh, we'll be looking out for that, I guess. <laughs> Maybe if they use lasers to can- uh, cure the cancer, right. it would be sci-fi, and then therefore we talk about it on the show. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, you want to talk about GameStop and their 200 stores that they're closing? Oh, GameStop. Um, so uh, I don't know if we reported on it last month, but last month they, they fired some people. Laid and Laid off some people, and they laid off some people from their magazine Game Informer. Yeah. Um, I'd like about half of their staff are in Game Informer. And uh, they just have not been doing well. And I think it's because, um, you know, just the way that the video game industry is moving, um, a lot of people aren't buying physical games in uh, brick and mortar stores anymore because it's so easy. <laughs> to... Have you been to a GameStop? I have. That is not true. I have to wait for 15 minutes okay. just to check my point balance at a but, GameStop. So right. I don't know where these GameStops are where nobody is going to them. I, I'm just saying that I feel like a lot of people are purchasing games online these days as opposed to 
buying going to a store and going to physical. That's um, why you should have started a streaming store. They should have started a streaming store. 15 years ago when we all said, GameStop, you should be the GameStop online. Yeah, oh no, they should have. But they let Steam, and they knew when Steam came, they were like, no, 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 about the Steam. We got to, let's get back with the video game companies and try to like find some loophole copyright uh, type thing where it's like, you can't sell digital copies after physical copy. And of course the game company is like, no, you've been bilking us for years. Right. We're happy to go where the market goes. And right. so, you know, I don't know. Um, if you got GameStop stock. Uh, Do you think know. you should Thinking sell it? getting rid of that. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I still go there. Yeah, I know. I still go there all the time. I know. Um, do you think that... You think Millie Bobby Brown only buys things digitally? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like, I come from a different generation. There's something about... Even if I'm not going to a GameStop to put my hands on one of those greasy, like, demo machine controllers. And that's... I mean, that helped me buy a Switch. I played um, a demo version of Breath of the Wild. And I was sure. like, okay, I think I could get into this. And then I got a Switch. But do you think, like, kids are just, like... They watch... YouTube videos, they watch a 10-hour Let's Play, and then they're like, all right, get that. Click, click, click. Amazon guy comes out, gives it to him. I mean, I I do think that there's at least some of that going on, and I think a lot of that is with the, the younger generations. It's because they're like, well, I don't want to stand in line. I'm just going to buy it online. You know, I mean, some of that has to be happening in order for GameStop to be seeing such a decrease in their sales you know i guess so yeah is this interesting <laughs> um let's move on okay no i <laughs> I, I just i just i just think that like i agree with you i think that they should have invested in doing stuff online a long time ago um seen where it was going and decided to go along with it instead of kind of dragging their feet you agree yeah cool hey jj abrams Yes. Has found a home. Mm-hmm. We talked previously on the show about the fact that he basically, in sports terms, he went like, I'm a free agent. Yes. So come on down, uh, bring your grapes and wine and virgins and place them before me and I will bless you with my content. Yes. Uh, looking for a mega deal with some studio, some outlet. Uh, and he's closed a deal with Warner. Warner Media has yes. teamed with him to bring uh, film, television, uh, video games, digital content, a five-year, I think, deal runs to 2024 to develop stuff. Um, So other guys, he gave you a chance. I guess this means um, he can't help out on Discovery anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think the idea behind it, at least from He doesn't help out on Discovery. That's my point. I I know. My point is, is that... I know he doesn't. I think we could actually... I think having him do Star Trek be daddy Star Trek, then leave Star Trek, has really hurt Star Trek. I think one of the oh, reasons okay. it's been tough to get an, a Star Trek movie uh, thing going, other than, yeah, apparently the CBS Viacom thing was a big problem, the division, right? Um, is, I think that's over now. So maybe we'll see some Star Trek movies, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess he was considering a deal from Apple Plus, but like they wanted him to be completely exclusive and they didn't offer as many um, outlets to do his content as Warner Pretty Brothers. Pretty soon, everybody will be the 800 pound gorilla. Yeah. So I know. you're going to have a bunch of 800 pound gorillas 
all standing in front of the door. It's a normal sized door. <laughs> and yeah, everybody's going to be trying to get through it like the Three Stooges. You're There's not going to be any right. after you. At, no, after you. Because that's another problem. If they're all deferring, nobody gets to the door. Bad metaphor. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they're all, nobody will give at all. So Apple, no. who we're going to talk about their streaming offerings in just a little bit, desperately needed somebody like J.J. Abrams to direct their content. Yeah. It wouldn't have been good necessarily, but it no. would have been good looking and it would have had a bunch of stars in it and people would have watched it mm-hmm. um, regardless of its relative quality. De- desperately needed him. And then now you say he wouldn't take 500 mil or whatever it was because they're just, they didn't get rich by negotiating. Right. right. And you get, you know, it's the same thing with Sony and Marvel. And it's just, there is, nobody's going to any table to talk about anything. Everybody no. wants you to come to them. Exactly. Uh, wine, grapes, and virgins in hand. So that's interesting. That's interesting news. Yeah. Um. So I, I think he, you know, he really wanted Warner Brothers was appealing because they had so many different avenues. Like you said, like he's not going to just be doing like movies and TV, but like video games and stuff like that as well. So at least those options are open to him anyways, to like helping produce or direct. Or what have you. Why doesn't, well, Apple doesn't have, as far as I, maybe they probably own stake in some video game company, oh but. Gosh, I would think so. But, but they're Apple know. and you would jump at the chance. So why doesn't Apple just go, oh, you, okay, we'll just put a, like a writer, like a second thing on this deal where if you have a good idea, we'll coordinate with some game studio. Right. And then get your stuff to people that would, you know, J.J. Abrams presents on right. the Xbox One. People would buy that too. No, that's absolutely correct. The Cloverfield game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just you're at a party and it's real boring. Yeah. And then and then oh no, the Statue of Liberty, dodge it. Its head is <laughs> flying through the street and I've only seen the first one. I, I haven't even seen that, so You haven't seen it? The- no, I have not seen Cloverfield. We did it, everybody. We did it. What did we do? We got the turkey. Oh my gosh. Of things that you haven't seen. Oh, uh, there's there there's Have you is seen an the arm office? List. Yes. I've seen the office. Well, then I've got a podcast for you. Oh, boy. Coming soon, this October, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, Judy and Alma from The Office. Who can remember? Pam and Angela. Pam and Angela from The Office have uh, started a podcast called Office Ladies, where they're going to be talking about every episode of The Office with some guest stars and some fun along the way. And ladies, I have to say... That's the sound of a switchblade coming out. <laughs> Get off my turf. <laughs> I got a knife fight scheduled with virtual theater at 2.30, 2.45. You're up. I know. Get off my turf. I know. You don't need I... this. <laughs> this is genius. This is the best yeah, idea anybody's right? ever had. Yeah. How did it take them this long to figure this out? I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, this is going to be incredibly popular. People still love The Office. Yes, they do. It's like The Simpsons, but, you know, if it stopped in time. Well, just after time, but you know what I mean. And so it's multi-generational. Um, everybody loves... Sorry to our <laughs> listeners. We do sometimes, but everybody loves talk, listening to podcasts where people just explain what happens in a show. Right. Uh, we got to do that a little more, I guess. Um <laughs> And it stars two of the stars who are well-beloved. I know. And you've got an unlimited amount of content. You've got, you know, 26 episodes a season. So if you just did one 
uh, every other week. And then you could even double down and do like off weeks. You know, you oh, look, it's Brian Baumgartner. Oh, he's built the chili. And then they right, right, talk right. to like guests that just kind of wander in. Uh, ex-husband James Gunn's here to talk about something. <laughs> Paul Feig's there all the time. He just becomes the David Brennan of that show because he's just so desperate for attention. You could so you go fifty-two weeks out of the year. You got nine years. No, it's double because it's no, it's nine years. You get, it runs for nine years yeah. until people are sick of it, and then after that, you can there'll be an office reboot by that time. You can go to the British office. You this could last forever. It could this go a on new career for a really long time for these two movie stars. Yeah, I know. Who probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's it's going to be incredibly popular. <laughs> what? I think it's going to be incredibly popular. And then I took a sip. Yeah. Just leaving me to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, are you having the coffee? This, this No. Is it not very good? It's a little off. Oh, that's not good. Was it yeah. a day old or something? Um, I hope not. No. Okay. Did you make it? No, I did not make it. It's probably a day old. Okay. <laughs> Expect exciting dialogue like this on Office Ladies <laughs> this fall on Earwolf. Streaming is the new TV. At the Saturn Awards uh, this last weekend, Star Trek Discovery won three awards. uh, Best Actor, Actress. I'm not sure if it's divided by sex, but uh, Sonequa Martin-Green won Saturn's highest acting honor. Uh, Doug Jones, uh, very deservedly, won the Best Supporting Actor Award. Nice. And they won, I don't know, something else. And they're up against The Expanse. They're up against Russian Doll. They're up against... All the shows that I have watched and loved this last year, mm-hmm. that making me realize for the 14th time that that's just what TV is now. Like, I can't believe when you go to the Oscars or the Emmys, there's still this thing where it's like, well, that's not real TV. Oh, I know, right? And what's the subscriber like base as far as like eyeballs on for Game of Thrones? Are they watching it day and date? Well, I guess they are because of spoilers and stuff. But mm-hmm. or are they watching it on HBO Go on a device? Well, I think there's a huge. This variety. is TV now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, Grey Gardens. It's not Grey Gardens, but it's pretty good though. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's season thirty of Grey, Grey's Anatomy. Grey Gardens. <laughs> Uh, it, it will always be on, right? In some uh, 60 Minutes is always going to be on. But yeah. this is where TV is headed. Absolutely. Because of that, I am flabbergasted at how unprepared so many of these big companies seem to be to go streaming. Oh, really? What you is going so? on with some of these things? Look at Apple Plus. Oh, boy. We have not even really talked about some of the offerings on Apple Plus. Like. No. Dickinson. There's this. Uh, I can't remember the name is. of it. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there's going to be a movie that's coming out that's like a sort of um, intense drama about the life of Emily Dickinson. And I don't know if it was for sure historical or not, but it's just like her um, and her female lover and, you know, the toughness of her life. And it just like looks like a real. Uh, period picture kind of interesting mm-hmm. and then you've got oh i couldn't stop for death so here he comes Woo! 
moon is in a drifting in a chariot. Like twerking, and it's like Dickinson. Yeah, that's no, that's the one that's on Apple Plus. The yeah, okay. With I think it's Haley Steinfeld, right? The new Hawkeye we didn't talk about in the news. Yeah. No, thank you. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's in poor taste. I feel like you're not really. Uh, oh, she has to be a sad sack. No, I don't think she has to be a sad sack, but I don't think that you're really honoring who she was as a person. I heard a fly drop the beat. I'm dead. Hashtag dick life. What? Weird. No, no. <laughs> no. So anyway, they got that. They've got C. I know. C. Isn't that the sound that an eyeball makes? It it, it definitely uh, is. Another failed show starring Jason Momoa. Help this guy out. Come on. I know. This poor guy. It's his fault. Well, maybe he's just picking lemons. Yeah. Stop looking at the rock. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> he he took the small roles. He was in Get Down, Get Get Even, Get Get the Guy, Get Get Up, to... Get On Up. He was in the sequel to Get Shorty. Sure. Yes. Be Cool. Wasn't that what it yes. was? Yes. I don't know. Nice. I don't know how you got that one. I because we were talking about it the other day. Oh, I think. Okay. Well yeah. then. <laughs> It's thanks to me. Uh, and, you know, and he had a couple kind of crappy movies. And then he even had like a, a, a pretty good movie, you know, The Rundown, which got ran down by kind of studio politics and like a lack of uh, promotion and stuff like that. And so it was like, OK, I guess I got to start from the bottom. Uh, and now he's The Rock. And mm-hmm. I would argue that he still hasn't really been in like a real great movie. If he's today's Schwarzenegger, right. where's his Terminator, you know? Yeah, fair. But it doesn't matter at this point because, like we said before, it's just all about noise and just effing the audience into a coma, Ugh. and we've done that. And so he's very successful, one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid, like, actor in Hollywood right now. Yeah, right. I think J-Mo's got what it takes, you know? I, I think he and does, And you're saying he just, he just made a billion dollars in Aquaman. It's like, yeah, but that's... A lot went into that. That's true. And it's also, I think the love and affection of DC movie viewers finally able to pour it into something that's not objectionable and enjoyable yes. and isn't like a deep bleed like slog. Right. Uh, which is, you know, not well made. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. Well, C ain't going to be it. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. If we kill the baby, they might leave us alone. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, can we get a better actor for this part? Um, can we get a better script writer for this part? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, director. Costumes look great. Uh, yeah. They live in a world where everybody has gone blind. Yes. It, hundreds of years ago, but they're still walking around with their hands out. <laughs> like like Velma. I, I know. And her glasses fell off. And right. It's not, I don't expect them to develop echolocation, <laughs> although they had hundreds of years to do it. Uh, and then two children are born. They're twins, and they are born to Jason Momoa, who is not that old yet. But uh, yeah. they have the ability to see, and that's going to change everything. How do they know that so babies call can, it can see? How do they know the babies can see? You watch the trailer, right? I feel like yeah. you go through the whole plot. I don't know. He just knows. Why are they lolling their heads around? Okay. When they hear a chirp, their head turns 
where sure. we just hold our head still. Sure, something I like think that. My babies have the power to see. <laughs> and then, of course, they find books because books are still around somehow. Two hundred years later, yeah. and one of those books is a paperback version of 1984. And I I'm know. like, what are you even doing, show? What is that? <laughs> I okay. The light goes off. I know you're doing something. Yes. It's like if we're playing Name That Tune. You go, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear that tune. And you're like, <laughs> like I recognize that that's music, but yeah. I have no idea what the tune is supposed to be here. Right, exactly. Um, I don't, I don't really know what they're did trying Br- to. Did Big Brother make them all blind? Uh, did Did Relentless uh, adherence to uh, a totalitarian uh, government or leader make them all blind? What are you saying, Joe? I yeah, I don't know. I just think you're saying deep, deep stuff, books and thoughts, (laughs) many and and babies they can see. So, so that looks bad. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to assassinate? (laughs) I'll Um, give you their pricing. Oh, what is their pricing? They they are going to be five bucks a month. So that is you know reasonable. The price is right, I guess. I guess. Uh, Although I think Disney is basically doing the same thing right yeah. disney was super undercutting uh netflix i think yes. i pay three times that a month to watch netflix right so. well i think disney i think is going to be like seven or 6.99 right or it's like it's that. comparable yeah an apple tv will launch uh november 1st um no word on the millie bobby brown show <laughs> There probably should be one. Uh, what else is going on as far as streaming goes? Uh, before we get to our feature here, um, I wanted to mention quick that uh, his Dark Materials yes. uh, is looking real good. Yeah. Uh, it will premiere on uh, November 3rd. Okay. Actually, uh, I think it's going to be on BBC November 3rd. It's one of those also-ran things. Uh, but instead oh. of holding it for very long, it's going to come out immediately on HBO on November 4th. Oh, okay. So one day earlier on BBC for some reason and then HBO. Let's just say November 3rd. Okay. I don't know how any of this works. All right. Uh, but it's shaping up to be pretty great. Uh, I have it on good authority from storyboard artist Mike Collins. There will be polar bears in it. So spoilers, everybody. Watch for polar bears. Interesting. Interesting. I'm not sure what's going on there, but we'll have to check it out. Uh, and, you know, HBO, I think they kind of know what they're doing as far as this kind of thing goes. Yes, I think so. Um, another entry into the streaming brouhaha that we've been talking about is uh, CBS All Access. Of course, we've talked about Discovery and how that has been a success. And I think the good fight's doing okay. Mm. And that's kind of all I got, right? Yeah. They have, I don't know if they've got any sports contracts. And I'm not even sure if you can watch, I know you can watch live TV, but I don't know if you can watch like a sporting event if it's live. That's a good question. Yeah. I I don't know. played with that. But I know that they are working on a uh, stand the stand I should say uh, miniseries sure and they're uh, casting it up now okay they know that Alexander Skarsgård will be playing Randall Flagg in the stand okay on CBS All Access alright is he like the main guy it's been a while since I've seen the stand <sighs> yeah why not okay sure. right. <laughs> and of course sometime later this year we'll also see uh picard debut on cbs All right we're not done talking about the stand okay sorry i don't watch any cbs shows besides discovery do you yes do you have this thing if i play a show for you do you know what network it's on or was on when networks existed 
Um, I don't know that I necessarily do. Um, I do. I know you do because you're you're TV movie guy. No, 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 no. Don't make my my exceptionalism your normalism. Do you know what I mean? Okay, all right. You might just just be deficient. (laughs) Thanks, thanks for that. Uh, No, what I'm saying is, is that. I do, because if you play an ABC sitcom, I feel like I can tell the difference between Mm -hmm. that and a CBS sitcom. Okay. And an NBC sitcom. Sure. And a Fox sitcom. Mm -hmm. And part of it has to do with tone. Part of it has to do with not just the visual elements, color palette, and stuff like that. I think that you just get the people on top, green light, certain stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't watch any CBS shows other than Star Trek Discovery. Right. But I don't really like CBS shows when I do watch them. Oh, okay. And you're talking about the past I as feel well. like they're overproduced. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are fairly basically written generally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for all these mysteries that the NCIS team has to solve, right. they're just explained down to the bone yeah. for an audience. That's you know? incredibly true. Um, A lot of procedurals on CBS All Access. Yeah. Well, on CBS, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and so I don't know how they're going to nail the stand. I mm. feel like it's not going to be very good. I feel like ABC just barely kind of pulled it off in the 90s. Okay. Um, they had some kind of contract or deal with King because they produced a bunch of miniseries and TV movies. Okay. All of which weren't great, but I felt like, I don't know, I think maybe NBC would have done a better job, but I feel like ABC was willing to, after the 8 o'clock hour, go to some places that Stephen oh, King stuff would yeah, go. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, they, they seem to have... Nowadays, they, they seem to have a lot of um, shows on their network that are um, have Example. kind of like like a sci-fi or a fairy tale type um, bent to them. Isn't Once Upon a Time, isn't that? That's ABC. That, that's what I was going to say. Isn't that ABC? Mm-hmm. Um, Grimm is on NBC. Grimm is on NBC. Okay. So, um, and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is on ABC. You're going to list ABC shows. Well, I'm just saying... Like, I get that you agree. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and having seen the <laughs> Twilight Zone uh, reboot, which is about the yes. closest thing I can think of in terms of tone, I don't... I don't know. I think we're in trouble. Not that this is going to make or break anything. Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, he's going to be in it. Uh, Skarsgård, um, who I think is kind of a zero, but he, he's <laughs> cute. I don't know how he's going to play... Randall Flag, right? Uh, he's gonna join James Martin. Oh, James Martin. Oh, James. Oh, James Martin. This is gonna be a good role for him, though. I think he's playing Stu, so it's a good role. Uh, Amber Heard is in it, and Whoopi Goldberg will be presumably uh, Grandma Moses or whatever her name was. Okay, all right. Well, good to see Whoopi in something because I haven't seen her in anything in a while. So she's been on the View for like twenty years. Well, that's true. Okay, so she's still doing stuff, but and the fact that she's working for CBS All Access means. Uh, maybe we'll see her in Picard. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's what I'm looking forward to. So that's what we're talking about here. We've got Watchmen coming up on HBO. Yeah. Which, I don't know, man. It's anybody's game. Mm-hmm. You've got Game of Thrones prequels coming out. Uh, the House Targaryen prequel uh, is getting near a pilot order at HBO. That's probably I the one that I'd be that. most... In. No offense to Dunkin' Egg, but I want to see... The Targaryen? Yeah, incestuous, uh, polyamoric, <laughs> like, uh, the dragon people flying around and sure. blowing things up. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Although, again, we know that story. 
we know what happens. I mean, that's so you're true. just going to go through the motions and show us what happens. <sighs> well, I hope how it's can there be so many outlets and so little content? Yeah, I don't. Um, Stay tuned um, for um, the refrigerator monologues adaptation of Catherine Valenti's novella right, on Netflix. Right. Looking forward to that. Um, That's new stuff, though. Yeah, right. Exactly. So looking at it from that perspective, we go back to Amazon Prime and what they're offering, what they've got going on. They have three big new shows that have debuted recently yes. that we are going to take a look at. Uh, those three shows are Undone, mm-hmm. which is, well, we'll do the descriptions later. Uh, also, The Boys. Yes. And one more show. Carnival Row. Yes. Speaking so, of fairies. Speaking of fairies, yes. Um, do you know if that's based on a book, Carnival Row? Oh, I don't know. That's a good uh, question. I don't no? believe it is. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah, it kind of deals with, from what I've seen so far, which is just the first episode, it does a little, deal a little bit with some, you know, of the fairy lore, like, uh, there's a character that they name Unseely Jack because he's hateful to them. And unseal like there's a lot of times with fairies, there's the uh, Unseely Court, which is um, like the darker, east kind of corrupt, somewhat evil fairies. So, um, but other than that, I mean, there's not really a whole lot from fairy lore except that like they're considered to be the quote-unquote other in as far as um mystical race issues are um i learned a new word looking around researching the work of Catherine valenti okay and that is myth punk myth punk huh i've never heard that before and i would slot this directly into myth punk with a side of steampunk you know sure. I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's, I mean, we've only really seen like the first um, episode. And so the details are thin on the ground, but mm-hmm. we are in this world that is clearly just, I like bustles, don't you? Right. <laughs> it's Victorian. It's very Victorian. Yeah. And um, it, it, it is not Earth, or at least it's a sort of alternate right. uh, reality uh, because they talk about it being the eighth century or whatever. But yet it's very, um, you know, Victorian England-esque. Yes, absolutely. Uh, with all the um, clothes, technology, and sort of social strata that that entails. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, we have Orlando Bloom as a police detective uh, who's trying to get to the bottom of a murder. A guy's murdering fairies. Yes, a serial killer, which, you know, that term has not been developed yet. But, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not It's not mind hunter. No, it's not. Fairy hunter. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we've got that. In the meantime, we've got uh, Cara Delevingne, who plays Vignette Stone Moss. I know. Do you think there's a scale of... On a scale of one to Gaiman, like what your what your character name is? Yeah, I, I can like, believe that. I feel like Neil Gaiman, as he's gotten like more seasoned as an author, has toned it back a little. So you get like early Gaiman would be Vignette Stone Moss. Right. Mid period Gaiman would be uh Dor. His name's a character Dor. Right. <laughs> right. And then like late period he's like Charlie. Okay, great. He's Charlie. <laughs> He lives in the ocean at the end right, of the lane or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, no, yeah, I think that's he's, he's true. reeling it in a little bit. Well, anyway, this is a full early game in here. Uh, you asked just before. I wanted terrible. to just mention that it, it was um, developed by uh, Renee Echevarria. 
who worked on Star Trek for a long, long time. Oh, okay. Deep Space Nine. Um, nice. Co-created with uh, Travis Beecham based on a screenplay that he put together. Which oh. I think was probably just a spec script. Which is never produced, I'm assuming. Yeah, but they made it into this. Uh, he is a guy who's worked on a lot of fantasy stuff. He has okay. worked on, um, he's worked with uh, Gael Del Tormo. Uh, Del Tormo? You said. Uh, Gael Del Tormo? That's how we're doing today, folks. Yeah. Well, That's how we're doing. Okay. Tired and working on a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh, on Pacific Rim and just okay. a lot of stuff. So anyway, great. I'm glad that he uh, landed this. Uh, I wish it was better. There's my review. Let's get into it. Um, yeah, I also wish it was better, especially since I like fairies so much. Um, I, I read a, quite a book, bit of fantasy um, novelizations that have to do with like fairies. And so... The I when I saw the idea of this or like the initial trailer, um, I was intrigued. But I think when I when I saw the trailer, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna go. Like, this doesn't look like it's going to be very satisfying for me. And that kind of turned out to be true, unfortunately. Um, I I just I, mm, Cara Delevingne is i'm sure an, a fantastic model but she is Whoa. not a very strong actress i was totally satisfied Were by you? her work at least um in the pilot here yeah i didn't think that she was all that bad um, okay we we haven't she she's got one thing to play i feel like Orlando bloom who's also i think doing okay mm-hmm. um has got more to play it than she does yeah i she's think his just, character is more developed than I'm hers i'm sad and then later on i'm mad and that's all that she really um gets to do uh <clears throat> and she comes from uh, another um nation or an island or something yes. like that where the fey live and there's a lot of attempt at social commentary in this yeah. that is not fully successful um yes. again it's sort of like the 1984 book in C. I know. It's a little it's clumsy. Like, yeah. It's like, you know, fantasy races are black people. Yeah. It's right. Lee Daniels, the bugbear. Right. Like, exactly. We get it. It's been done and it's always bad when it's done. Tolkien did it unconsciously. Max Landis did it on purpose and almost killed film as we know it. Um, stop. Yeah. Stop. I, I agree. I don't think that i think that you can work harder at <laughs> then like when okay so she she comes from she's helping fairies escape uh her world uh or yes. her, her nation which has been overrun by colonial forces who want to strip it for its, its parts and they right. don't enslave the fairies they put them into indentured servitude it's basically you know the same slavery thing. with extra steps yes and so the like, commentary 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 we get it um Jared Harris is there as a head white guy, because of course he is. I know. Is his wife um, Faye? I don't know if that's going to be revealed or not. She Honestly, she looks now, a the... lot younger than him. Well, I mean. It's and just... like, she doesn't look like she's, in my opinion, she doesn't look like she's old enough to have had their son. But clearly she did, so. Nothing against the actress. She's not that young. She just looks She great. looks young. So, okay. yeah. But anyway, so you've got all that going on. And... You've got the um, couple, the brother and sister that Vignette ends up working for. And yes. this is something you'd see in any Victorian novel. Um, Becky Sharp goes to town and she, you know, is forced to be a, a governess or like a lady's sure. maid and she doesn't want to. 
Uh, and then like the mistress that Cara Delevingne takes care of uh, wants to get like wants a husband, as we all yes. do. We know Pride yeah. and Prejudice. Um, so there's somebody moves in uh, on, on the block. The yes. and she goes down to like see who it is. She's like, oh, this is going to be great. And it's like a centaur or a fawn man or something yes. like that. Who happens to be black. <laughs> the actor's black and it's like, we get it, show. We I know. get it. I know. Why isn't this actress black? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I why not take the racial side? Because there's so few people of color in it in the first place. And most of the people of color who are in it are fantasy races. And it's just. I know. It comes off as incredibly insensitive and tone deaf. It, it does. It absolutely does. And that just is, I think, incredibly unfortunate because it takes Joe you know, Tamsin away Merchant, from the story. The girl who plays that character was originally cast as uh, Daenerys Targaryen in the first Game of Thrones pilot. I believe you told me which this. Which was thrown out because apparently it was not good. And apparently she was not very good at I think it. you can get it on online somewhere weird look around a little bit huh. so anyway yeah they're trying to stop jack the swatter uh this that's what they should call him that's, uh, yeah unsealy jack yeah and yeah i just don't i don't know where we are i think that this this there's a strength in this show in that it doesn't try to explain too much it goes you get it you get it you read Catherine valenti books you get yeah. what fairies you get steampunk you get this world but it doesn't feel it just feels like um it doesn't feel fully realized as a mm. world mm-hmm. it feels like a video game where the cutscenes are like well of course i'm the bad guy and we've got to make sure the good guys suffer and then you're like now we're back to our heroes and they're finding some other very easy clue well yeah maybe so... this scene will deepen you know oh look tell me more about this oh so apparently there's also like a um MRA uh, alt-right metaphor in that they're having rallies about they're, these tinks are taking our jobs. I know. So is this in the future? Like did Walt Disney create Peter Pan? Right. And therefore Tinkerbell? Right. They do that. They they what, they what call them pucks later. It's like, so was there a Shakespeare, Shakespeare in this world? I know. There's or a lot of questions. Robin Goodfellow is just a, I guess, probably a real person maybe. He lives a down real, the street. A real fairy. Hey, don't real call fae. him that. That's my name. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it's really weird. And I also thought, like, so Orlando Bloom gets this description of Unseelie Jack from his latest victim, which he was he was not successful in killing. And um, which I, is real convenient. Right. I know. <laughs> it's not not like somebody got in the way and also got beaten, but wasn't like the victim. Right. Like he he goes to like this murder victim that wasn't murdered. Yes. Which is like, OK, well, let's. And, and then somebody goes to her later and she gives them a description and they do like a, a, a uh, caricature. Well, not a caricature, like a, a, a composite, sketch. composite sketch. Thank you. And so he's, you know, he figures out, oh, it, it, it was a sailor. And so then they go to this bar where a lot of sailors are. And then he thinks he finds the guy who it is. And so he clumsily bumps into him and sees if he has a snake tattoo. And the guy instantly starts running and it's like. Okay, but lots of people could be sailors and have yeah, snake and tattoos. Yeah, and that guy, after giving a, a speech of a portent, uh, then leaves the show uh, for good. And it just feels like, I know you have to set things up in a pilot or just a first episode, but it just feels very leaden. Um, well, I don't know. I know that this is kind of a crap world, but I don't... Sh- shouldn't there be magic? The fairies are immediately... 
brought over and turned into prostitutes yeah. because they're exotic and, and sexy. And it's like, yeah, man, look, you are punching a lot of buttons. You're poking a lot of sore spots. What's the end game? What's right. the payoff? What are you going to do with it? And I don't, I think the, the answer is nothing, right? It's not well, going anywhere. And I don't, I didn't like with the, the chase scene too. Like Orlando Bloom is oh chasing this one guy and well, it's come like, on, cares. it just like seems like it. I'm trying to make good points here. Come okay. On. All What's, right. No, finish your, finish your chase scene. Well, point. it just was like super uneventful and like it <laughs> okay, wasn't so enthralling. Bad. Okay. Yes. And, and then like action's later. Bad, possibly racially insensitive. That's and then, our review. Yes. And then later the guy Sancili Jack's speech we hear it over something else and Cause it's like because like they're they're talking down to the audience and I turn to you and I I hate it when shows and movies do this <laughs> because do not talk down to your audience because they are smart they are smarter than you think mm. give them the benefit of the doubt mm. don't rerun the speech I'm not so sure how smart they are uh. but this thing is trending in the 50 percent on rotten tomatoes so yeah. the critics seem to be smart yeah i mean you have a chance to say a lot about the idea of assimilation and immigration yes. and, and passing privilege, you know, in that right. they, except for their wings, just look human, which right. I'm assuming you're, I kind of think, I know where you're going with this. You're going to do something with this later. But yeah, I'm not impressed. And you mm-hmm. say, give it a chance. And I say, get it right, right away. Yeah. Pull it, pull it, the audience in right away because otherwise you might lose them. You know? No, I don't know. Uh, there's plenty of shows that take a while to get going. But I'm saying from the jump, I know what Star Trek is. Star Trek right. is about exploring and being nice to everybody. And they tell you that right away by beaming some energy to a jellyfish and letting it leave with its jellyfish mate. Mm-hmm. Now, if the dialogue is wooden, if the characters are blocks of, st- of stone and it's too long... Uh, I can be upset about that, but as it goes on, I know that it will get tighter. I will learn more about the lady who wears the cheerleader outfit, and she'll be a real character, and on and on and on. This is like, they are off and running. They, this will be the show for the whole time. In fact, it's only going to fall apart as we go. This is the best the show is going to get when they do these like 8 to 10 um, episode things that are all blocked out. Mm. They don't have to worry about being renewed. They're just making an eight-hour-long movie. It's like Stranger Things. Stranger Things starts off interesting with maybe some character bits. Then it just kind of fumbles around for a while. And right. then usually, like, the climax, they knew where they were going. So that's okay. But I don't see this getting better as we go. That's kind of my problem with these shows. Yeah. Um, I see your point. Um, I don't really think it's going to get better either. And um, I, I wish that the characters were more compelling at the story it was that it was better written um i just wish it was better is there a jesus what do you mean I, I can't remember if anybody says like what the hell is this or oh my god or are there oh is i there don't a, know is there western religion that's a good question i don't yeah. think that's brought up in because the first episode. victorian london is indivisible from western religion you cannot have victorian london without western religion so i also would have liked to have seen their take on a uh, a world and a setting much like victorian london which is a london which is you know in the grips of 
a, a big change. Um, industrial revolution change, mm -hmm. um, immigration into the cities of lots of different types of people, um, lots of status, uh, you know, just the whole Dickens thing. Yes. But really putting your Star Trek brain to it, Renee Echevarria, and like coming up with social structure and the look of it and stuff that like evokes that, but isn't just, we had a bunch of costumes, we've got this set that the BBC uses, we're just doing London, but it's the eighth century on some other planet or right, something like that. Right, right. Like have the other... Here's my review. Yeah. Uh, failed potential. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Um, things have crawled out of worse holes than this. And are you going to keep watching it? I'm going to look I for... I'll tell you before you answer. Know. I'm going to look for the people that I go to online, like the reviewers who yes. uh, fit my sort of, you know, ideas and yeah. uh, tastes and see like what they say about like the last couple episodes like if they're like oh it's just picking up yeah um, but otherwise i'm not sure i'd, I'd be back. i i think i would need something like that as well i just i'm not as intrigued as i would have hoped to be to like continue it reminds me of the new game released um on pc and consoles i think called greedfall oh which sure. is supposed to be a dragon age type game and it features you leaving a victorian-esque society actually it's more cavalier but um, and you go to a new world right. where there are native peoples. Yes. Uh, and you are exploiting them. Right. And or you can choose not to exploit them and like, you know, what that's all about and the sort of relations between the natives and the colonizers. And yes. I wonder how sensitive that is, too. That is a very good question. I'm not saying never make a Pocahontas movie ever again. I'm just saying no. we have such a better wider perspective now right than the typical oh thank god these white people showed up oh right we, that's never yeah okay. well um speaking of white people showing up oh boy the english are here specifically <laughs> garth ennis and the amazon adaptation of his show or excuse me his comic the boys yes starring australian <laughs> carl urban wait a minute yep uh, but he's got, what, a Cockney accent, like you said? <laughs> Save it. Uh, tell me, for people who don't know, what happens in The Boys? So, The Boys is about, um, there is, a, uh, superheroes are real. Um, and, oh, my God. I know. I gotta get on the phone. <laughs> um, and uh, there is this company that not they're not behind all of them but they're behind the vast majority of uh superheroes and they'll lend superheroes to cities or like send superheroes to a certain area that's in need um and they have their top tier is um these seven uh heroes called the seven and um we meet early on a uh young girl i think i think her name is what starlight uh, and she um, auditions. There's an opening for uh, a spot, and she um, auditions, and she gets it. And um, but meanwhile, there is this um, average Joe kind of guy. His name is Huey, and uh, he's talking with his girlfriend. Who? What was her? Her name is like what? Alice. Um, and, uh, they're on the street and he's like holding her hands and 
A train, who's like the the flash of these uh, heroes, comes by and he runs right through her and kills her. And so then it's like this, you know, big thing. Like, does he take the money or um, does he not? Like, what how money? does who what what are you talking about? Um, like the company comes to him and says, like, well, you weren't married, but we can offer you him who Huey. Oh. Um, we can offer you um, some compensation for for this uh, horrible event this is, that happened. You, this is it's like you're describing a dream. Okay, you know what I mean, like it doesn't make any sense, and I don't think anybody would want to like okay. keep listening to it. All right, it, superheroes are real. Good start, right? Yeah, and they're assholes. Yeah, they're jerks. and they are celebrities with everything yes. that entails. So they are obsessed with their own image and with making money off of their image. And their the percentage points on their next movie are worth more to them than the lives of the people that they save. Yes. Also, because they have powers beyond those of mortal men, they live in a world made of cardboard, and yeah. they aren't careful with what they do. And so no. Huey's girlfriend gets killed, and yes. the company that you know manages the superhero kills her, uh, tries to buy him off. Yes. And it's a he's a milk toast guy. It's sort of a breaking straw moment for him or straw breaking the camel's back moment. And that's when Billy Butcher walks in. Yes. Billy Butcher played by Carl Urban. Yeah. Who is, uh, I mean, it's a Carl Urban character. So something's wrong with this guy, right? <laughs> we know that something's going something's on off. here. And he yeah. explains basically what I just said about superheroes and about how it's worse than Huey thinks because these companies work to keep all these things off the television. Yeah, like this, this happens, happens all the time. The time. Yeah, which yeah. I don't know why that's necessary, but I guess it probably would. And so they concoct a plan to get Huey a measure of solace in his situation and also achieve something that Billy wants to because Billy tells him that he works for the government and he the moves FBI. in to smack the superheroes down when they go too far, mm -hmm. which may or may not be true. Right. Have you ever read a Garth Ennis comic book before? Um, How much dog poop are you willing to stomach? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know that I have. I know he wrote... Well, I'm positive you haven't. He he wrote Preacher as well, yeah. which I don't think I've read any Preacher. Yeah. Uh, I have not read The Boys. I'm not sure what else he's done. So. You got to say for for that or for... for, for what it's worth, um, he is definitely somebody who does uh, what he what he wants to do. Sure. What do yeah. I mean by that? I think that there is. I am totally turned off by the complete. Okay, look, a guy like um, a guy like Mark Miller uh -huh. thinks that he's like taking you to the edge. Oh, this is so right. edgy, and it's just like whenever you. You ran out of steam halfway through this book. You're clearly just writing this so it'll get picked up, you know, mm -hmm. for an adaptation or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, Garth Ennis is, he has an idea and he takes it all the way there and he's committed to it. Now, right. that might be disgusting and the way that he d decides, to, the world that he paints is like this gross, blood-soaked, um, zitty ass, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, venereal disease, just kind of gross yeah. uh, sensibility. Um, but he comes by it honestly because everything he does is like that. Right. So clearly, I don't think that he does it just to shock you or for shock value. No, I don't think so. You know, and then he gets, I think he's best used on things that like he, the Punisher, like when he 
does he wrote the Punisher for a long time. Sure. But then that's when the Punisher gets a, a you know, a bad guy named. Uh, oh no, no, that's that's in Preacher, Arseface. There's a character named Arseface. Great. Great. Uh, his face looks like a butt. Uh, awesome. You know what I mean? That makes sense. There's a there's Gross. a there's a juvenile aspect to it. Yes. But I I trust him that he's going somewhere with it. I just don't want to go with him. I, I hear you. And that was my attitude for the boys. When you take something that is riding the line of exploitative, you know, and shocking versus trying to make a point about, um, which is more relevant than ever. Is this the best time or greatest time to make this? There's a scene yeah. where Billy Butcher brings Huey to Times Square and goes, Look at it, man. This has gone too far. And he gestures at it. And on every billboard is an ad for um, Aquaman hot dogs or, you know, the new Homelander movie or whatever. Right. And if you just swapped everybody out for the analogs that they're clearly supposed to be, right. it would just be real Times Square. It's just wall to wall superheroes. Well, that's it's true. a billion trillion dollar industry. And that was kind of true in 2006, but it's even more true now. It so definitely is more true is now. Is this the Marvel? best time yeah, to make it? I don't know. But you take something like this that is, he's making this point while doing it, you know, by making up that fart sound when you put yeah. your hand under your arm, and then give it to a streaming TV provider. And streaming TV, at least for the next 10, 15 years, is still going to be game on in terms of like severed breasts flying I, through the I, air. Right, I and know. And just, you know, trying to deliver shock over... Um, meaningful content. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Carnival Row is. Carnival Row is like, whoa. Some of the stuff is like, what's going on? Yeah, I bet it's gonna I, get worse. I know. Uh, I didn't have any faith in the in the Amazon, if no, you will, and no. so I didn't watch it. But then we decided to watch it for this. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you my verdict in a second. Yours? Um, I think it was better than I anticipated. Um, I still was shocked and grossed out by some parts um gets, which i'm just like it gets worse wow it really did you have to go there but um uh i you know it's weird going f- like you know with marvel like there's the good guys and there's the bad guys and the good guys are really good and then but then like with this it's like they're all kind of on their own agenda and um selfish and like well you know somebody tells them to do something they'll do it you know yeah i didn't hate this i um think that they have the potential to actually fix this because i never got through the boys because i just felt like it i know i just spent all this time defending him i felt like it was too simplistic Mm -hmm. and too made up the seven were just comically um bad right you know and then starlight was just you know, comically naive. Yes. And the whole point, I know that she... And pure. In the story, like, you know, becomes somebody who's more actualized, but she's just literally there to be violated by yeah. um, this team. And I was like, I'm not on board for this. I don't care. No. They've cast um, that really good actress uh, who played the one girl on Jessica Jones. Yeah. Not the neighbor, who is in this. Yes. Uh, the blonde girl. Uh, to play Starlight, and they've done a lot of work, you can tell, to try to make her more real and not just, I'm Susie White Panties. You know, she's right. like, we we are connecting to her as much as we are uh, with Huey. Um, played uh, pretty well by uh, a guy's name, I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the leads are pretty good. Yeah. Um, Carl Urban's just having a blast. I love uh, That's going to continue. Yeah. yeah. I didn't hate this. No, I've I already seen either. some clips online that make me think, 
I'm not going to like the rest of this. Oh, okay. But so far, uh, I don't hate it. Although, bad sign. Bad sign. There's a plot point that has to do with seeing one of the uh, superheroes on a late night show. <sighs> Jimmy Fallon, huh? Yeah, I know. That kind of tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yep. I like the fact that before it opens, everything we watched today had, you know, it's... The new cable at streaming TV had yeah. adult content, but they very self-consciously were like, this is TVMA, and it's got ding, bing, bing, ring, and ding. I know. All right. It was, it was a lot. It's all right. Okay. Is there a point to be had here? With the boys? Yeah, because Ennis, who has been basically thrown out of the establishment for wanting to tell the kind of stories he wants to, when he tells a story about how comic book heroes are sellouts, they're not as pure as they say they are power corrupts absolutely do you think there is a point to be made here um well i kind of think that huey and starlight both are because if you agree if you think there is that you think kick-ass is the best movie ever no sorry no i don't um i think that you know um, we're, starlight and huey are, are the ones we're supposed to be rooting for and i think that you know she could like actually turn this around and make this a positive thing but the it the whole system is corrupt so she i can't. don't know how much she can she really change no. that and that's why i don't believe in this show because it will end with her just ripping homelander's head off or whatever and that's just being him right i mean right. how is that justice like it's she's not, not gonna change anything now they might find some way to you know change it from the comics or redeem it or whatever but i don't I still don't have any faith. I'm a man of little faith, especially after suffering through two seasons of The Tick. <laughs> I mean, I clearly don't know how Which, to adapt things. I know Ben Edwards was involved. It's right. possible to lose time. Look at George Lucas. Yeah, he doesn't know. know how to adapt his own stuff. Right. So um, that being said, I'd recommend it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would too. I was so blown away by the fact that I was actually uh, had a pretty good time watching it. Um, there's things that I wouldn't consider to be great writing, but I really appreciated. Like, uh, you know, the Matrix speech is kind of a gimme, but it was kind of funny. It was funny. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that I think I've seen some other clips, but I have a feeling that um, the way that they'll make Billy relatable to the audience is that he has a lot of like pop culture references. references I like that, but not like Star Lord. You know, instead he's sort of bitterly comparing like things to pop culture, which is like if you live in an alternate universe, you're leaning really heavily on our universe like right. why would there be a spice girls there would just be a um a, a team of superheroes that right. also sang like right, right, right. ak-48 would be like 48 japanese schoolgirl superheroes with right. tentacle powers or exactly something like that. so oh boy season two you, you said that just gave him season two yeah anyway um just read the umbrella academy instead okay not watching the show don't watch the show not the show. I was not happy about that Something show. Something else. Yeah. Well, we can take a shit on. Yeah, I know. So anyway, um, so one no, one yes, which brings us to our third show, which doesn't even fit. Why would they even make this show? This is the money they had I left over know. from the craft service tables of <laughs> Carnival Row and yeah. the boys, uh, a little show called Undone. Yes. Which is... Do you uh, want to talk about link lettering? Um, I think you're prepared to do it now. Okay. Um, so it's rotoscope or rotoscoping, which is like you um, make a cartoon, but it's like uh, you use actual people and their movements um, to draw it. 
And um, so then it looks really lifelike. And the reason why you said link layering is, um, what was his first name? Richard Linklater. Um, he, he did a whole movie that was, uh, two movies that were uh, rotoscope. Uh, and so it's similar to that. And I mean, there are some kind of things that are out there, but we don't really even get into that in the first episode, like, that much. But it gets there later on. Um, and it's uh, a story about this one family, especially this young woman, and she's kind of bored with her life, and her younger sister gets engaged, and um, she uh, she's having trouble just dealing with her life, and then she, at the end of the first episode, gets in this horrible car accident, and then we just kind of take it from there. Yes. Yeah. But we'll, the place that we'll take it is weird. Yes. And we'll question... We gotta help sell this one a little bit. Okay. We'll question the the lines between reality, fallis, fantasy, reality, and insanity. Yes. Uh, while having a good old time. Yes. And link lettering the shit out of it. Right. Uh, this was a show. Uh, it still is a show. Uh, it was developed by Raphael Bob Waxberg, who's the guy behind BoJack Horseman. Which is so weird. Yeah. And, well, animation, I guess, and uh, also by uh, a writer named Kate Purdy, um, who's written on like. Mad TV mm-hmm. and like Cougar Town. Okay. A bunch of things that are could be good, could be great. They're just not like, like I've heard Cougar Town is like really good, but it's mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I would watch a Cougar Town. It's not like no. my alley. Right. So, you know, I've got faith or whatever. But anyway, uh, yeah, she's writing this um, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I so far really like this show. If you tuned in to see some of the crazy psychedelic stuff, some of the animation things that they were going to do from the preview that you might have seen on Amazon. Right. I don't know if you would make it to the second episode because this is mainly a family drama. It is. Uh, rooted specifically in the life of this character, Alma, mm-hmm. played by Rosa, you'll never see my real face, Salazar. I know, right? Uh, and her sister who's getting married and her mother who's overbearing and it's set, they're, um, they're Mexican-American. Yes. And I think that that is colors, so to speak. Uh, their life... Um, in a way that develops their characters, but isn't like stereotyped. Right. Um, they don't. <laughs> what, what would? They... Which fantasy race are the Mexicans? I don't. Let's know. go back to Carnival Row for oh a second. Try to figure this out. Uh, but anyway, uh, th- none of that's in there. Uh, and yeah, it's just a character drama. I don't know what to say except uh, I enjoy it. Right. Um. Yes. I don't feel like I can say a lot because I feel like no. This is this is you know Carnival Row is like oh we're gonna find out who the killer is it's gonna be Jared Harris or just somebody who's been bad the entire show right right right, right. or it's um, Cthulhu monster or whatever we see at the end yeah but this is like I I can't even say anything because you as the box opens we're going to see more and more layers yes. as we get down to the thing but it's basically her. Oh, did you mention that she sees her father? She sees her father before the car accident. <laughs> yeah, played by Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Yeah. Uh, and then he, well, just a little slight spoiler going on. He appears to her um, after the accident in the yeah. second episode. And at this point, we don't know if she's concussed, right. psychotic, uh, if she has developed a connection to the underworld, as right. this vision of her father seems to suggest. And she's going to try to solve his murder. And there's a lot going on in this show. Which they previously thought was just an accident. Yeah, I know. And I don't know why it's animated. (laughs) 
Honestly, I don't know why except either, except for, for the trippy parts. Yes. Do you think that it was pitched as a character family drama with, and then she's going to, it's going to go full, what dreams may come? And they're like, ho, 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 whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. We can't afford all that CGI. Yeah, I'll tell I can what, see that. I'll take you down to Great America. We'll put you on the paint and spin. Right. And uh, there you go. Right, That's right. free. So you think that's what it is? I kind of think that's what it is. Yeah. Or do you think it's Rosa Salazar is so powerful that she had her agent go, look, nobody's going to see my client's face. <laughs> no, I don't it's think a weird, that's what it is. It's a weird thing to have. There's yeah. been a, like Millie Bobby Brown. I think we were talking about this before. Millie Bobby Brown has made a career out of staring at tennis balls. Yes, Although, absolutely. more and more, you go to acting school, I bet there's a class on staring at tennis balls. I bet there is. Rosa Salazar has made a career out of emoting without you actually seeing her face. I know. And it's all thumbs up from me so far. I know. She does a great job. What would happen if we saw her real face? I know. It's too much emotion. Our heads might explode. I don't know. (laughs) I feel what she's feeling. (laughs) Please, some cartoon facsimile of this. But yeah, she's great. Um, I like the... um, the, the sort of uh, connection or the relationship between her and her sister. Yes. Um, and she's the older sister. Yeah, Rosa Salazar is the older sister. Which is which is weird because she's diminutive, you know, and then yes. her sister is um, is like tall and stuff. And so yes. you don't think of them that way. But that's probably just a, you know, that's a visual choice. Um, yeah. Come on, we got to think of more to say because the, the, the upshot of this, the end of this is... We're going to recommend... This is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this is I, amazing. I, I didn't expect anything is... out of this. And it's great. So give me something to recommend this. Um, I think it's great. <clears throat> I hope it is... It seems like it's going to say something... Something you positive like about it. Not speculating about, on the future. About, what, why do you like it? Um, I like it because I think that um, Rosa Salazar is incredibly relatable. Um, and she just feels like her life is super repetitive. And... Uh, she doesn't she's kind of in a rut and she doesn't know how to get out of it um which is you know i think we've seen that before yeah and i think that's pretty common and um she gets super emotional and she ends up in this car accident and then she thinks she sees her so dad telling us what happens in the show i want to know what specifically does mikan hana like about this show if she had a bullet list of three points Mm-hmm. what would they be when she's telling somebody you gotta watch this show well i like the relationships between the characters um i think those are really well developed i think the writing is really um good too um i i think that they the way that they talk is um relatable and i i think that it's you know even though it's like rotoscope it feels like very real in a lot of ways to me um More and like go to scope yes no um and uh i guess i just really like rosa salazar so um thumbs up for her being alita fans check out undone yes. on amazon here yeah. exactly right. okay well you met the requirements what about you what f plus oh, thanks click <laughs> i i don't know i've already said uh, for every, I mean, not to give the game away here, but, you know, we talked about two CGI FS that we were like, mm, and then we talked about one, and I know they use computers in the animation, but one right. animated family drama that had us going like, let's just do the whole show on this. No, no, the whole, it was supposed <laughs> to be about streaming shows on Amazon. Right. Um, so, you know, take note. 
Hire yes. more former writers on Cougar Town. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Take note that character will always be more interest, inter, interesting than any fantasy creature. Yes. Who is also wearing an ascot. Right, 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 right. Something else that I wanted to point out uh, just real quick before we go is that as we were watching these shows, fantasy show, mm-hmm. superhero adaptation, uh, trippy psychological drama, bing, bing, bing. We went three for three on the C word in these oh, in these pilots. I know. And by the C word, I, I mean see you next Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's different when Billy says it. Yeah, for it's, some reason. It's like English people's N-word title of the show. We got it. Uh, <laughs> but we man. did get it in the traditional uh, context. And then if you've got a mutton-chopped, just spitting racist English character... I guess they're English, too. No, they're not. It's the 8th century, somewhere else. Right. Uh, they got it there. And then, I guess, you can own it if you're a crabby 28-year-old I who's know. calling your sister it. Or, I don't know, a little girl at the... I know. It was like even worse. Okay. That was funny, though. It was... I know. <laughs> and I'm like, where is that? Where are we at? Yeah, exactly. Where are we at? I know. In 2019. I know that this is a Vis-a-vis. thing. Vis-a-vis. I... I... Let me... Can I get real... Yeah. It, before the show gets canceled. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's, it's something I've been noticing. And the more I think about it, I've noticed that this goes back a ways now. But the whole thing was the black guy dies first, right? Yes. Your sci-fi movie, your horror, horror film. film or whatever. Yeah. Then that became a meme or a thing. Mm-hmm. Now the black guy either survives LL Cool J style. Mm-hmm. He's survived through two horror movies so far. Okay. Or he's, like, the last to go before, like, the main characters are in danger. Right. No, that's absolutely right. Now that's the trope. Yes. So are we going to do that for another five, ten years, and then it just it's just a full-on lottery as to who goes? I don't know. That's a really good question. So I mean, my, I think that we have come around the bend as far as See You Next Tuesday goes, mm. and now we're, like, using it self-consciously. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Like, you could in... Nobody says the N-word in To Kill a Mockingbird. No. Uh-uh. Right. But then you get, like, Mississippi Burning, and it's N-word, N-word, N-word. Yes. And then the next evolution of that... This is just enough trope, everybody. This is what we're here for. We finally <laughs> made it. This is what we're talking about. Oh, my goodness. Then you get to Quentin Tarantino movies, and it's like, we've got... Even though I'm <laughs> white... <laughs> We've got it back. It's Samuel L. Jackson doing it, I guess. So right. We've got it back. Uh, I, I don't know what the next evolution is. Where on that scale are we with the C-word? See you next Tuesday. I I honestly don't know because, honestly, I, I don't use see you next Tuesday that much in my... Work? In my vocabulary. Oh, Definitely not there. my work. Okay. But I... Honestly, it's offensive to me. Like... In it's other words, to pretty much everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where we're at on it. I don't know why it's like, maybe it's because it has like a K sound in it or something like that. There's something explosive about it that seems oh, somewhat wow, we're getting satisfying etymological. To, to say or something. Okay. I, I don't know why it's showing up like, you know... Just like are, the are, the show, I, are the shows like wanting to the, offend you? Of the N-word timeline that I just okay laid out. Okay, well maybe they just like want to shock us, and they're oh like, no, they definitely want to shock us. Okay, I just don't know why it's not going to be shocking after a while. Well, that's it's true. already become pretty hollow and ringing to me. Uh huh. In addition to just being like 
It's just cheap. It's offensive. Right. It's the Garth Ennis right. of swear words. Right, right, right. It's 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 a. <laughs> no, it's the Amazon adaptation of Garth Ennis of swear words. <laughs> it's the Mark Miller of swear words. I think we got it. Okay. So there you go. Hope for the future. Hope, yes. Hopefully. One thing could be, right now, uh, what would you have adapted? You've got unlimited resources. Oh, boy. Um, what would I have adapted? The correct answer was um, nightshades. Oh. Moving on. Okay. No, you, you give your answer. Um, uh, I want to see uh, more X-Men stories be adapted. But maybe that's boring. Take something... <laughs> Take something that isn't owned by a multi-billion dollar monopoly corporation, something that you love personally, that you feel is being underserved. And I already took the Melissa F. Olsen um, vampire FBI idea, so something else. Mm. (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be so tough. This, the air... She is dead. Well, okay. How about um, some of my the fairy books that I've read? I'd like to see a, a really good adaption of of that. Like maybe uh, Catherine Valenti's uh, Fairyland books. I think they're really relatable, and they're kind of it's like a little girl who's from Nebraska, and, and she goes to this magical place. So Not it's Kansas. Kind of. I know it's kind of Wizard of Oz, but it's like fairies and magical creatures. So how many tattoos are there? <laughs> there's any oh, just like that was real big in like fantasy and YA for a while it's like yeah oh, it's got some tattoos <laughs> isn't uh, the lady that does divergent or whatever oh, who you'll be shocked to know probably is a tattoo enthusiast a right lot, a lot of tattoos right that does not or isn't really it for the me. longest time it's like i've got a crossbow i've got some leather pants on yes and you, they're low enough that you can see my tramp stamp and i'm turning around now start that like fog showing machine. my back you got a my... urban fantasy cover right Let's exactly do this. yeah 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 that's totally a thing but then like <laughs> but then uh you know cameron hurley makes uh a character who Just wears leather that. has a <laughs> crossbow and a tattoo and you would never even like think that it's that kind of thing no and she redeemed that honestly i'd love to see entirely new punk i'd love to see cameron hurley like bug punk (gasps) well that's mine then i want to see god's war series yeah i would love that too late mine (laughs) you had your chance all right fine well um thanks for joining us audience uh to (laughs) complain about more stuff this week yes i don't mean to make it sound cynical uh we're trying to steer you um in a direction that you should go or want to go. Right. Because you might hear, I hear what you're saying, but I love me some Legolas, and I love fairies with steampunk goggles on. Right. And if you love that, you'd probably like Carnival Row. Row. I say check it out. You yeah. Know? And I think that, I mean, the numbers aren't in yet, and who knows how they to make decisions, but I'm fairly certain Carnival Row is probably going to stick around for a while. Probably. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah I, I think see it, it seems renewed. like it's got momentum behind it. So yeah. anyway, make of that what you will. Um, we are going to be talking about all kinds of things like this on this show going forward uh, also all the other great shows on our network which we've talked about previously like craft of services uh backtracking mm-hmm. i forgot to mention uh we just covered 
uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. A.K.A. Live, Die, Repeat. Yes. A.K.A. How Long Until the Slow Motion Push-Up Scene uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. And so we talked about that in comparison to an episode of Discovery, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad, mm-hmm. which features a similar premise. So that's coming out uh, this week. Check that out at, at Backtrekking. You can find our other shows or links to them at justenoughtrope.com or on Twitter at, at justenoughtrope. Yes. Follow us on the social medias, Just Enough Trope on Twitter and Facebook as well. And follow us on all the platforms, the iTunes, the Bytunes, the MyTunes. <laughs> uh, how soon before uh, Just Enough Trope becomes a Apple Plus series? Oh, probably. Probably pretty soon. Starring Josh Gad as me, and you can pick <laughs> you. Go. Um, uh, I'll talk about ScarJo. I'll have ScarJo. ScarJo as me, and who's going to play you? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Renner. Where I is, uh, well, I don't think he's got the versatility. He didn't, he's not going down for that. He never said he could play a tree. He's too busy. Uh, so his app shut down. Yeah, he shut he shut it down. I yeah, think. he shut it down. Whatever. Yeah, because um, the trolls were taking it over. I think is what it was. Of course they were. Yeah, but it had been going on for like two years. So also, it's not like two years. Okay. Yeah. Also, he's gonna need that money. Yeah. Well, he got divorced. Yeah, sadly. I know. Too bad. Uh, see, we don't mean to pile on Jeremy Renner. No, uh, we don't. But if you want to pile on Jeremy Renner, uh, follow <laughs> us on those social medias and subscribe to subscribe 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 to the show. Uh, a thorough oral furthery. Um, oh you can find us on all those places. We talked about that. Uh, <laughs> come on, it's like I can't end the show. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, uh, give us a review. Uh, we want to hear how you think we're doing, and don't forget to give ratings and reviews to the other shows on the Just Enough Trope Network. Yes, because they need your support as well and your guidance. Tell us where to go. We don't don't leave us undone. Mm-hmm. Right. Call undone. Um. Well, I think he said something about like changing. Like the past? Oh, they're gonna time travel. I, the maybe. show has everything. I don't know. Like, I can't wait. Yeah, I guess. Stay tuned. All right, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then give us a rating on those uh, platforms because we'd appreciate that too. Give us five. I don't know, severed hands and something needs to belong to your girlfriend <laughs> or something. Five um, Simon Pegg uh, American accents. There you go. Which yeah, he was he was okay. That's right. Yeah. Maybe their parents are from the old country or something. Right. 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 Such a talented actor, but he is. I don't think he can cover that, that oh. accent too well. No. So skip that. No. Give us five stars, and that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week. To talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host Caliban. I'm your co-host Mika Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs> <laughs>